It's our favorite time of the week as Raider great and radio analyst Lincoln Kennedy joins us on Unnecessary Roughness. And DeMond is efforting Lincoln Kennedy. He should join us in a matter of minutes to give us a breakdown on what he thinks the Raiders need to do on Sunday versus Jacksonville Jaguars. 10 a.m. kickoff right here. You can hear the game on Raider Nation Radio 920. So uh, right now joining us on the phone lines is Lincoln Kennedy, and we do appreciate uh, Lincoln your time as always. And before we get into the game on Sunday with Jacksonville, I know you only met him a few times, but we found out today that uh, the Hall of Famer, Ray Guy, he passed away at age 72. Uh, What did he mean to the Raiders organization and the fraternity that is uh, also, the Hall of Fame, obviously. Well, you know, uh, Q, it's it, it's a brotherhood. It's a brotherhood that's uh, long lasting. Doesn't matter how many times you touch base with with one another. It, it's it's a brotherhood that's forever going. The the family that is the Raiders um, is is something that Al Davis established a long time ago, and and it's it, it's it's forever seeking. And so when you lose a uh, one of your own, it, it, it really is hard. And it's hard to put in words. It's hard to put in, 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 to, in the perspective. Just the fact that, you, you, you know, another one has gone. Right. And, and that's what we were talking about earlier in the show. We were talking about Paul Gutierrez, and obviously you and him wrote the book together, uh, you know, and, and talked about Ray Guy, and you mentioned Ray Guy. But, I mean, just for the way that he changed that position, the punter position, and really turned that into a weapon. And the Raiders have had some really good ones, right? I mean, starting with yeah. Ray Guy, but they've had some really good ones in the history. How have you seen that position just kind of evolve into what it is today? Well, it, it, it's really <laughs> – I got to just because it's funny to me because I've I've never respected kickers or punters. I just right. look. They, <laughs> I've always said that, and for people who, who know me know you know. Look, it it is what it is what it is. But the the fact that you you could change field position with with a punter, uh, an accurate or a, a good punter, a good kicker, you can change field position. You can switch the sides of fields. Something is. It wasn't known until I I saw somebody like Ray Guy, or you know, or, or you know, or guys that I've come across. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it, it is what it is. It's like it's one of those guys that could change the field position, but it's more importantly, it's one of those players that you always love to have on your team. Well, and you know college football like no other. I mean, college yeah. football, you, you're obviously played it at a very high level. I mean, you you know what you did for a yeah. guy to have an award named after him. That's got to that that means that you were the best of the best of the best. True story. True story. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's just as simple as that. The Ray Guy Award is awesome, and then the Raiders. You know, they got the Belichick Award, the Ted Hendricks Award. I mean, it's just oh, that man to have those kind of guys in your organization to be a part of that. What you mentioned earlier, the Raider family. That's that's just pretty special. So uh, I was just saying, Lincoln, before you came on, the Raiders as an organization and as a team, they need to find a way to bring in more talent and put more Lombardis in their trophy case so they can continue with that history of what the Raiders are and how great they are. They haven't had that in a very long time, and they don't have enough talented guys that are going to be considered Hall of Famers or could be even an argument of Hall of Famers in in, in quite a while. And that's that's where it starts is getting those blue-chip players. I would say this. The Raiders need to find a way to, to, to turn things around. They need to find a way to get wins. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what it comes down to. And it starts this week with Jacksonville. 
Right. It really does. Again, Lincoln Kennedy is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. So speaking of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they're obviously coming in with two wins. They lost in, in uh, London against Denver last week. Uh, how do you think that the Raiders should attack them offensively? Because the offense was a struggle, as you very well know, against the Saints. How should they attack the Jaguars? Well, I mean, look, it, it, it's no secret. You do what you do best. It's, it, you got to find a way to win. If, if teams are going to make adjustments on how to stop the Raiders, they've got to make adjustments on how to, you know, pick things back up or get things started. I mean, it's it's, it's that simple. The, the 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 performance they showed against the New Orleans Saints this past weekend wasn't good. And if teams are going to go into the for, go into with the formula of how to stop the Raiders. Raiders need to make adjustments, and, and I'm hoping this week will allow them to make some adjustments because if teams attack them like that, they got to find a way to, 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 to come around it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Lincoln, when you're going up against a team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, that defense is very young. They've got a lot of first-round picks, but a lot of those guys are young. Is there some not so much tricks to the trades, but are there opportunities for this Raiders offense to expose the inexperience of the Jaguars' defense? No, you know, Demond. What you're looking at right now is you're looking at a, a, a team that just needs to find itself. In my opinion, they need to find themselves. They need to figure out how to win. When teams make adjustments on how they to to, to, to sort of stop them, they need to make adjustments on how to overcome that and find a way to win. You know, when teams lose, like the Raiders did on Sunday, and just you know get embarrassed to be 100 percent honest about it, uh, a lot of times they come back that next game and they're on fire. Is, is that what you're expecting, or is that should be what we see from the Raiders on Sunday? I would hope so. I really would. I would hope so. To be yeah. honest with you guys. Something that Hunter Renfro he said to Vinny earlier in the day about. How with the team, like he's, he wants to follow exactly what the coaches are saying, but he needs to get back to more or less being Hunter Renfro. You know, so I, I said it as like, you know, he want, he needs to color outside of the lines because the way this coaching regime wants him to play is more inside the lines. Do you think that the Raiders players, mainly the receivers, that they need to put a little bit more, let's say, extra sauce on it to get open and like run their routes the way they need to and not just do so much what the coaching staff has in place for them? Well, I mean... It's a really difficult question to answer because, first of all, we have to put on put our finger on what's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, when when you ask that question, what's wrong? What 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 is what what are you what are you really refer, referring to? And then you have to answer how you're going to adjust that. At. So it's, you know, when you're looking, I, I don't even know how to put put this in perspective. When you're looking outside the lines, you're looking out what what these what 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 the to answer this question, you got to go. You, you you have to figure out what the, what the problem is, right? And, and and I don't know if we know what truly what the problem is. It's just we we can sit there and speculate and yeah. talk about what what it possibly is, but but what is the problem? And and then once you find the problem, you have to figure out what the solution is. You know what I mean, guys? No, that does that. That makes sense. And again, you're you're, you're right with you know kind of looking at what we think may be the problem. What you know what it sounds like it could be the problem. And when Vinny mentioned Hunter said he's going to kind of uh, get back to to being him again, not necessarily going against what the coaches wanted to do, but you know I, I, I'm assuming that means see more of what we saw from him last year. Right. And it just he feels like or seems like he's more comfortable kind of doing things like he did last year. Yeah, and then, uh, again, the, we, that's. See, it's really a loaded question. Yeah, and it, it is. It, it is. They give it a loaded answer. I, I, I you know, they got to put it in perspective. Right. 
No, you're you're right about that. So uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see and see how yeah. it goes, you know, and and, and yeah. see how each and every week goes and uh, how it continues to get better. Uh, it seems like, and, and a lot of people have said, and, and it, it sounds like that, you know, this this system is so complicated that maybe maybe they're having a hard time picking it up. And I, I mean, I don't, I've never been in that locker room, Lincoln, so I don't yeah. know, right? Yeah. I just, I don't know. It me, just me, me neither because I haven't been under under this, you know, this coaching staff. I don't, I don't know what's going on in there. For this Raiders team, obviously the bread and butter was looking like it was the run game. They got away from it a little bit because of the score against the Saints. But do they think that they just need to run the rock? No matter, hey, if you're down by 7 or 10, just still steadily run the ball with Josh Jacobs. No, no, because that's not smart football. If you're down by double digits, you can't afford to, to, to take the time up to run the football. You, you, you have to throw. Um, it's, just, it's all about making adjustments. That's what it, it's about making adjustments. Talking right now with Lincoln Kennedy here from the Raiders Radio Network, of course, a multiple-time Pro Bowler with the silver and black. As far as Devontae Adams goes, when great players don't have a great game, they usually bounce back. So he only had one catch for three yards, and I know that he had a couple of other opportunities that he either missed or Carr missed the, the throw to him. Uh, is, is this an opportunity for maybe Josh McDaniels to dial up a, okay, let's get the ball to Devontae quick, early to start the game, just to get him kind of in a lather. Look, here's the thing. If teams are going to take him away, if they're going to double cover him and stuff like that, if it's not there, it's not there. You can't force the ball to someone's hands. You know, here's the thing. You, you have to open up other avenues to where you can still progress your offense and not look like you're trying to force the ball to him. Or you have to find creative ways to try to get the, the football to him. If it's not there, it's not there. That, that's what it comes down to. Does it? Did it look like to you that that the defense just completely took him away, or do you just they just didn't get him the ball? The, the, no, the defense did take him away. Okay. The, the, they're bracketing cover. You you can't. You, if he's not open, he's not open. So it's that simple. Right. I got you. I got you. I just. I don't know. It's 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 weird. We were talking earlier, and we were talking with Paul, and he was he was saying that hey, what he's on pace for as far as his catches and yards looks great on paper, but it seems like it's been a quiet. You know, season so far for Devontae Adams, and I don't know about you. I expected uh, a lot more noise and a lot more production from his part. But well, you know. Know, here's here's the thing. Uh, I'll, I'll say this, uh, Q. It, if if teams are going to bracket him or double cover him, it's you can't force the ball to him because then you, you you run the the fact of interceptions or incompletions. It, it, it's wasted downs. Just it, it it has to be there if if it is you know if it's mm-hmm. not it's not you move on right I got you and then someone else got to step up and and do what yeah. they do and also Derek Carr's got to get protected I mean that was absolutely, the other thing he didn't without a doubt yeah the protection wasn't there that's for sure on uh, on Sunday against the Saints so uh, throw that one away that's one of those uh, uh, Lincoln that I say you just throw it away and you don't look back and you don't allow that one to beat him twice like that's the biggest thing is don't allow one loss to beat you twice keep moving keep moving. Right. Well, you got to push forward. We got to got to get production. No doubt about it. Well, Lincoln, I feel like this is a game that they should win. Uh, I, I'm sure that you feel like this is a game they should win, but they got to go out there and actually win it. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out on Sunday, and we'll talk to you on Tuesday about the results. And hopefully, we're talking about a Raider win. Certainly, I hope so, guys. I hope so as well. All right. Thanks, Lincoln. Sorry, right, man. I'll uh, talk to you later. All right. There he goes, Lincoln Kennedy. Great Lincoln Kennedy on the Raiders radio broadcast, former Pro Bowl uh, offensive lineman, uh, does some really good work. And I don't know, man, I'm just trying to, I'm trying, I guess I'm trying to come up with answers, Demond. And maybe I'm not wording the question right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And that's on me. But it just feels like Devontae should be a guy that you either get him the ball early or you, you should be able to get him the rock. Like, I, I get 
You know what I mean? Like what, what Link is saying is making all the sense in the world about the bracket coverage and take them away. But sometimes I feel like an alpha dog has just got to be an alpha dog. Yeah, you say that, and then you. But I don't know. I, I don't want to question it because I've never been in the locker room. I've never been a coach. I've never been that guy. So I don't know. I know everyone that we're talking to knows a lot more than I do. Let me just throw that out as a disclaimer. That is true. But even from, let's say, the fan perspective, we have eyes. And when you look at your eyes and let's just say you're watching other games or you're just looking at the stat sheet. So um, how is A.J. Brown, let's say, he has like six catches, 150-something yards, three touchdowns. Did the other teams that they're playing, when other receivers have these big games, are these other defensive coordinators that are all in the NFL, are they not thinking, hey, why don't we just bracket that guy? I just don't know that it seems, let's say of all of the top 10 receivers, why is it just Devontae Adams that this this coverage, it just magically, it shuts him out of the games, but other receivers on other teams are still able to get open? I don't know. I and Like I said, I'm trying to come up with answers myself. I really am. I'm trying to, you know, when you, 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 you start spitballing and, and you start sharing ideas and you're like, all right, let's come together and come up with a great idea on why this is happening. That's what I'm trying to do right here. I'm trying to conjure a conversation on, on what it's going to take to get him rolling. And I don't know if that's, you know, one of those where the first play of the game, you make sure that he gets the ball in his hands so maybe he's engaged. I don't know if the the game last week uh, had a lot to do with him being sick, but, I mean, he let a guy that nobody really knew about. Basically, nobody had even heard of really the guy that was covering him for most of the game, and I don't even remember his name. That's why I call him the guy that was covering him. Pretty much shut him out and even talked trash to him. So I don't know if that had a lot to do with the illness that he had or if it was a combination of the illness, the bracket coverage, I don't, I don't know. It just, to me, it feels like everything has been quiet around Devontae for a while now. Yeah, you say that, and we got to let's go back to last season for him. I know we weren't watching the Packers extensively, but just looking at the numbers. I saw plenty of Packer games, I'll tell you that. Yeah, we, yeah, but the numbers were still there, so the Packers were obviously doing something, and it's not taking shots at anybody, but it just feels like, hey, well, maybe look at some Packers film and see what worked for him there. Because we all say, hey, look at the Packers this year. They certainly miss him. Every week, every week. You know the thing that drives me the craziest, and then we'll take a break? Every week when I'm watching Sports Center, or every week when I'm on the radio, whether it's here or national or wherever the case may be, or if I'm sitting in a damn sports bar and we're talking. The question. The question is always being asked, how much do the Packers miss Devontae Adams? Like His name comes up more with the Packers missing him then his name comes up right now with what he's doing with the Raiders. And that is facts. Those are facts right there. Right now, if you turn on SportsCenter, you'll hear more conversation. I get it. Aaron Rodgers is going to draw a lot, of, a lot of attention. They're always going to talk about Green Bay. I get it. I know someone's going to say that right now. Well, Q, nobody likes to talk about the Raiders. I get it. But there's every conversation is about how much Aaron Rodgers misses Devontae Adams as opposed to how Devontae Adams is thriving in Las Vegas. Every conversation. Yeah, every conversation because I'm not trying to be too critical here, but if you were getting this same production out of, let's say, Chris Olave or any receiver that you could have gotten in the first round and still have that first round pick back, at this point, it's about the same because Devontae Adams isn't putting up those star receiver numbers that you would expect. There hasn't been that one game where it's, you remember that Randy Moss clip, and they, sometimes they just post that picture, mm. the screen grab, three catches, three touchdowns, almost 200 yards. Haven't right. seen a game like that. Right. I haven't seen a game where he just absolutely is dominant. And I know that the Raiders, we talk about it all the time. They butter their bread by way of the run. We, we established that. And we're okay with that. It opens up everything else. But I just haven't seen the dominance yet that I expected to see. Maybe my expectations were too high. No, uh, even Devontae Adams in the clip that we played a couple of days ago, he mentioned that maybe expectations just weren't too high. 
like because he like he he vouched for it. He validated, hey, what people were seeing in training camp, they were looking spectacular. But this offense, the bread and butter it, coming into the season, it wasn't supposed to be the run game. You got Ted Ted Wynn, who we just had on the show. He's writing articles. Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs. These three running backs are almost man. They're doing something different this season. No one coming into this season, Josh Jacobs. He wasn't going to be, he wasn't supposed to be the guy, man, man, he's really leading the charge for the Raiders. With the weapons that they have around them, it should be the passing game. It should be Derek Carter, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, injuries aside. So it's good to see the running game. I love the running game. Everybody grew up and wanted to be a good running back, you know, just in the backyard, cutting back. Oh, man. But that's not what this team's bread and butter was supposed to be. No, and I mean, look, and, and that's that's kind of how they're built to be a, a strong run game, which, again, is fine. I mean, look what they do in, in Green Bay. I mean, we talked about the Packers. Aaron Jones is a major factor in their offense, right? Running the ball and catching the ball. The only other weapons was another running back and Devontae Adams, basically. You know, there's other guys, obviously. Don't, you know, don't get me wrong. Don't want to disrespect them. But for the most part, it was everyone that played the Packers knew where the ball was going to go to Adams. And they were going to go there early, and they were going to go there often. And... They did it, and I, I I refuse to believe that it's just as simple as you bracket cover him, you take him out of the game, it's over. Like I just feel like alpha dogs don't just settle like that. But again, I could be wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm almost frustrated because I can't really, I can't figure it out. I'm, I will figure it out, but I just can't put my finger on exactly what the biggest issue is. But we haven't seen that breakout game where oh, man, this is fantastic. Oh, man, this guy is going to be dominant for years to come with the silver and black. Man, he's, this guy is just incredible, right? I mean, just I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that game. And I've watched them all just like everyone else has. 419 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Get your calls and texts. we got Van McElroy at 430. It's Radio Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Yeah. Let's just do it on the air. Who, who we got up first? Radio Nation listening line is wide open at 702-365-9200. I forgot to write it down during the commercial break. I'm still trying to figure out what's going on with Devontae and Carr and the <laughs> we offense. Got, we got Robert in San Jose up. Robert, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Uh, I can tell you exactly what's going on. As I tell, talked to you the other day, uh, and, and unless you get this offensive line fix, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, Derek Carr doesn't have time to pass gas, let alone, let alone pass the ball down the field. Uh, it's, I don't know if it can be fixed at this point in time this year because you just don't have the talent on the offensive line. Uh, in terms of the defense, sitting here in the Bay Area watching the 49ers, you can see the benefit of, of them hitting on multiple first-round draft picks on their defensive line in particular, but on their defense. I like to see the Raiders put their draft picks into the defense and sign some veterans, especially a guard uh, in, in the uh, off season, and put Munford out there. I'm tired of seeing Lamanor. I know what he can do. Put Munford out there, and let me ask you this: If someone would offer you a first round draft pick for Darren Waller, would you take it? I think at this stage of the game, absolutely. And that's what I'm looking at. If you could get rid of him and, and get rid of Chandler Jones, that frees up a lot of money. If you can get a first-round draft pick for Darren Waller, uh, you need to invest in both lines, and that's where this team is really going to start to improve. It's not about Devontae Adams losing talent or Renfro. It's, 
giving this damn quarterback time to throw the ball. All right, thank you, thank you for the call. And I say that, I mean, you know, there's hardly any players that you know if you if you're offered a first round pick that that guys aren't going to take. Right? Teams are going to take a first round draft pick for a lot of different players. I mean, just because, like I said, they're so valuable. Uh, I don't. I honestly don't believe that that Darren Waller would get anywhere near a first round pick, and I do think he's an asset to the Raiders' offense if he's out there. Problem is, is he hasn't been out there, so that's that's also the other struggle. But I mean, yeah, I mean, when you go into the offense, uh, the the off season, whenever that happens, you know, you're gonna have to look up and down the roster and say, okay, this is where we thrive, this is where we didn't, this is where we need to improve, and uh, the offensive line is obviously an area that needs to be improved. Something we talked about all summer long, all summer long, and. It just hasn't come to fruition yet. And so if Derek Carr doesn't have time, I get it. He can't throw the rock and you got to protect him. But again, it's just something is missing. Some Something is missing from the offense that, you know, that I don't know, at least that I expected to see uh, this this year. And, and look, they were putting up some pretty good numbers earlier in the year, too. I mean, they were not, as of a couple weeks ago, they were pretty high up. So they were doing well and I thought they were improving. But I guess with that major step back that they took on on Sunday, again, that could be just a one-off game. So maybe, maybe they are really right back where they need to be, and they'll start to show that on Sunday. I, I don't know. I'm just like I said, I don't have the answer. I'll be the first to tell you, I don't have the answer. Who we got up next? Hardcore Raider. Hardcore, what's on your mind? Thank you. Uh, first of all, I just want to apologize the other day for letting my emotions get the best of me. Um, so, no worries. I guess that was first thing. First thing I want to say, so I'll, yeah, I'll do better moving forward. But, um, you know, a couple things. I, I think you hit the hit the nail on the head. I mean, I don't know if you remember this, like, the second week, I think it was, I called in. I said something about Hunter Renfro, and I said, you know, don't don't clip Hunter Renfro's uh, wings, you know. But, you know, I think this also does tie to Devontae, because, like, thinking about it here, uh, I mean, Devontae and Aaron Rodgers would have, like, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers would roll out, and he would have, like, a lot of, plays where he makes something out of nothing you know what I mean mm-hmm. and Devontae Adams is like he's out there just playing street ball he's like oh he's rolling that way I'm gonna freelance and I'm gonna just like kind of change the route to you know make myself open so you know it's more like a backyard football style you know but I think the play calling with McDaniels I think they're probably pretty big stricklers on if you're supposed to do a slant route at seven uh, yards or a post route at you know seven yards or cut at 10 yards or 15 yards it needs to be like to the half yard you know what i mean like they, they probably want that and probably most coaches are like that to some degree but they're probably really big big sticklers on things being ran exactly the way that they want it instead of maybe letting some of these guys and their talents just kind of freelance at times uh the way they need to be and you know obviously you know if cars not rolling out and stuff that's going to pose a factor I mean, I, I was saying right when the game started, we need to go shotgun and quick slants and quick out routes, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, I'm obviously not the offensive coordinator, but, like, anybody that knows anything, like, if they're stacking the box and they're going to rush you like that, you got to get that ball out quicker. And if your offensive line can't block, you got to get some space. So I, I think I, I think it hit the nail on the head, but I just think it's a combination between the, the offensive line, the coaching, and, you know, maybe these players not being able to do – what some of their strengths are. All right. Thank you for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. I want to get one more quick call in before we get to Van McElroy and talk a little bit of Ray Guys. And let's go back out to the phone line. Who we got? Dino in Toronto. What's up, Dino? What's up, Hugh? What's up, Demar? Thanks for taking my call, man. Greetings from the the North. Uh, and uh, my condolences to the Guy family. Uh, rest in peace. 
uh, been a Raider fan since I was six years old, and uh, I, I, I followed his, obviously, every move. So uh, uh, my condolences to the family. Uh, the only thing i like to say is, uh, man, I'd love to see D.C. run the ball, man. I mean, he's got to tuck in that rock, and he's got to just get some positive yards. He's, he's holding on to that ball a little bit too long. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Derek Garf supporter, but sometimes he can just make some stuff happen with his legs. I mean, the kid's athletic. He's always in great shape. I mean, uh, when stuff's not happening downfield, I'd love to see him just, you know, two, three yards, man, four yards. It's positive. It's, it's, it's moving the ball. It's moving the chain. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it gives him another little, you know, breath of fresh air to, to, to contemplate what the next move's going to be. But I just seem I just seem he's playing a little bit nervous right now, man. He's holding it on, and maybe the protection's not that good, but... I don't know, man. I just like to see him run a little bit more. That's it. Uh, that's all I got to say. Hey, good stuff, my man. I appreciate you. Look, this can all change, right? Everything can change. They can go out there and have a hell of a performance against the Jaguars, and everybody's talking about how great this offense is, right? And then there's going to obviously be the attention to the defense. So what's the defense going to do? So, I mean, the thing about the NFL, I think the one thing that we could probably all agree on is that it's such a week-to-week league. It really is. I mean, you just, what you think you know, and I'll just talk for myself because that's all I can ever speak for, what you think you know one week is all of a sudden different the next week. I mean, it really is. And all of a sudden you have a question about uh, one area of the team one week and then you have a, you don't have a question the next week. I mean, it's just, it's so changing all the time. And so a lot of times we become victims of what we saw last. And I know a lot of probably my frustration is from what I saw last. And so I'm hoping that on Sunday what I'll see will make a lot more sense and then moving forward. And that's why Dave Ziegler came out and talked yesterday in Sarasota. And that's why Joshua Daniels talks a couple times a week to talk about what's going on and try to update us on the team and, you know, just see where they're at right now. So that's 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 what it's all about. And and we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, the good thing is that they're preparing, uh, you know, and, and they got 10 more of these things guaranteed. And, and then whatever else they earn after that, is uh, is what they earn. So uh, thank you so much for that call. We do appreciate you coming up next. Uh, we're anticipating talking to Van McElroy, uh, former Raider safety, won a Super Bowl ring with Ray Guy. We'll talk to him next on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Here we go. 4.33 is the time. Joining us now on the phone lines is our good friend Van McElroy, former Raider safety, Super Bowl champ, played with Ray Guy. And, and Van, thank you so much. And before we get into Ray Guy, how's everything going with you, man? What, what have you been up to? It's been a minute since we talked. To be honest with you, I'm, I'm a bit worthless and uninformed. Uh, that's what you kind of do when you're old and retired. And, <laughs> you know, I just take my grandson and we go buy whatever he wants to that day and you know, and it's just all good, brother. That's really good. Is. That's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> it is, man. It is. That's a good life, man. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I wish I was less informed, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know it is, man. Being informed is kind of it's, it's, it's hard, kind of, you know, man. It's, yeah, it's a lot of pressure. Exactly. You ain't lying. People always want the answer from you, and sometimes you just don't have it, right? So there you go. That's, kind of, that's the story of my life, Van, so I understand exactly where you're coming from. Again, we're talking with Van McElroy here on Radio Nation Radio 920. So I know you know you know Ray Guy really well, played with him, won a ring with him. He passed away at 72. Uh, when you think of Ray Guy, just the man, the player, what, what do you think of? What, what comes to your mind? As a football player, uh, he, he changed the game. And uh, at that point in time, you know, punter's a punter, and I don't mean that wrong. They're mm-hmm. good guys and, and and all that stuff, and they've got a skill that they use and and, and what have you. And, and and but you know, it's not it's 
you don't really, it's not very often that uh, someone is in that position and can actually change the game. Mm-hmm. And Ray Guy was that first guy, I believe, the punter that really was able to change the game from that position. I mean, it was just uh, what he could do with that ball and how far and high he could send it. You know, just put the team in a, always in a difficult position. And uh, that, that's, you know, that's all I that's all I remember of him. It's just, you know, when I first got there, you walk on and see this guy, you know, cause they always do their stuff first to kickers and the punters and what have you. And, and, uh, you would just see this guy, you know, go from literally hit the ball from one end zone and it hit the other end zone. I mean, it's the most incredible thing you could ever watch. No doubt about it. And, you know, the thing about it, and I really wanted to talk to you because, look, you played safety, and so uh, he was basically like another defender, right? He would pin teams back deep in in their own territory, and then you guys were able to go out there and do what you do. But how much as a safety did you feel comfortable knowing, oh, Ray's going to go back there, he's going to do what he's supposed to do, pin them deep, and we're going to have an opportunity to make a big play? Absolutely. And the way the Raiders, their their defense was, we're a very aggressive team. And, you know, when you get people – and down a little bit, you know, you can come at them, uh, especially when you have the personnel that we had. You can come come at them, and, and they tend to make mistakes down there. And, you know, so it, it's just hard to really put into words what someone like that can do to a game because there are things that may happen afterwards that we really do in part with that, you know, 80-yard punt that he had in the corner that went out of bounds the five-yard line. And, and, and you're sitting there, and and they're a bit pressed. You're coming at them. Ball comes out, you know, and you get the ball in the three, and, and you're going, wow, you know, great play of the defense. But you know, Ray had something to do with that. And I don't know if that makes sense to some people, but that's a re- that's a reality. I mean, offenses feel feel pressure just like defenses do at, at various points of the field, uh, you know, wherever they may be lining up, and and uh, and certainly. When, you, when you're scouting teams and, and you see what they do inside their own 10 versus uh, your, you, inside your 10, or you go at, at every point on that field, and that offense is trying to do something, okay? It's different uh, at every place. And, and when you get them pinned down a little bit, man, you can, you can, you can let it go a little bit, and, and that just was a big benefit to our team. No doubt. Again, we're talking with Van McElroy here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So we talked about uh, Ray Guy as a as a player, as a punter, you know, as a teammate. But what, just as a man, just as a person, you know, as a guy that was pretty quiet, uh, what, what, were your, what were your thoughts on Ray Guy? He's just, you know, he's what I would call down here where we live. He's just a good dude, man, a good man. He just was a good man. I mean, he... As as good as he was, as talented as he was, you wouldn't know that sitting down or talking to him. I mean, you could talk to the guy, and you know, as a rookie, I would sit down and with Ray a little bit. He's just a just a good guy. I mean, didn't mind listening to you, and and you know, you know, hearing hearing your story or whatever it may be, and and give you some input and and, and his life experiences and, and and what have you. Too. I mean, he was just. You know, when you get into this world, you know, that we live in, especially today, it's hard. And I'll just say this. It's hard to find good people. Mm -hmm. You know, we're consumed with ourselves a lot and, you know, we get consumed with doing what only benefits us. And Ray just wasn't that way, man. You know, he's the type of guy, if he could help you, he would. You know, I'll tell you a funny story, though. We were playing... uh, uh, Tennessee, and 
no, I'm sorry, Detroit Lions. We're in Detroit. Oh, man, I am messing this whole thing up, guys. I am so sorry. <laughs> You're Chicago. good. You're good. It was the Bears, man. It was the Bears. And because it was so funny, you know, we had uh, Mark Wilson was the starting quarterback at that time, and Dave Hummel was a backup. And at that time, those two D-lines, our D-line and their D-line, the, the Bears D-line, were, were ridiculous. I mean, it was just a scary deal. Sure enough, Mark Wilson, uh, he gets knocked out of the game. And, and then all of a Dave Hummer comes in. The very first play, Dave gets completely not cold. They carry him off the field. Well, our third guy, the third quarterback, was Ray Guy. <laughs> <laughs> he comes up, man. I was standing there. I just had to be standing there beside the, the coach when he came up. Dude, his guys were so big. It was the most. I nearly started. One guy, Cowie, uh, came over to me. We both started chuckling, man, because, I mean, no one would want to go in to what was going on on the field at that time. You just wouldn't want to be a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> and Ray was kind of sitting there. I mean, he was ready and everything. And, and then all of a sudden, like at the last moment, Mark Wilson, you look up in the tunnel, Mark comes jogging down. And so Ray never had to go in. But it, it, it says a lot about, you know, this isn't, you know, uh, eight, you know eight-year-old uh, flag football here. You know, this is the NFL. And, right. and this guy, you know, your third quarterback. I mean, he was a guy that might have to go in a little bit. So he just had some talent, you know, some abilities. And and uh, and so that was – but that it was so funny because I don't know of anybody at that moment that would have wanted – would want to go in and be a quarterback at that time. <laughs> it was miserable. That's funny. All right, man, I anyway. up, no, man, I pulled up the box score from that game. And the Chicago Bears, they did win 17-6, to but this was November 4th, 1984. You also had an interception that game. Nice. But also, Jim McMahon only completed three passes in that game. <laughs> that it's, is correct. <laughs> and that's that is the, correct. Yeah, that's the that's the opposing quarterback on the winning team only completed three passes. So that just goes to show that man, th- this this has to be one of the grind, like just the grittiest games ever played in the regular season for oh, no one. Was, one. <laughs> it was a brutal game, man. I mean, there were fights going on. It was you know two defenses that were, in my opinion, two of the best defenses in the league ever. You know, Mike Singletary, I'm a great friend of. He's a Baylor Bear guy, yep. and we're very close and. But they just had a group of guys up there, and you know, our, our secondary was better, you know, mainly because our, our two guys on the outside, Lester and Mike, you know, were just were just really good, and, and and obviously Mike Davis and what have you. But you know, we just they were two teams that, that did not play a game. We didn't sit back and play cover two and do all the junk, man. I mean, it, they were people coming constantly, and these quarterbacks were just getting hammered, and you know. It was just an incredible game that way. You're right. You know, there's no reason we should not have won that game, but you know, or lost that game, but we did. And uh, but it was a crazy game. It was a really <laughs> cool game to, to watch. I, I guarantee you that. I have no doubt about that. Van McElroy is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. You mentioned Baylor, uh, Daniel Sepulveda. He's a, a Ray Guy Award winner. I mean, that's from your alma mater right there. How big is that when you know that your former teammate has a college award named after him? It's just impressive. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things going on, and you have those things. And, and uh, but when you start having some some, and I don't mean a random deal, but something that is so big and so important, and then you're pulling this name, and and understand, Ray was a punter, right? 
Okay, he wasn't a head coach or a you know quarterback or some sort of you know you know big time running back. He was a punter, which tells you how awesome this guy was at what he did and mm-hmm. just how everybody felt about him. You know, not only uh, on the field but off the field. I mean, he's just a talented man in both areas and. And yeah, and, and the coach, you know, and this coach, by the way, that got that is a stud, you know, and he reminds me a, a little bit of, of, of Coach Flores. Nice. You know, he's kind of quiet, but yeah. it just makes you feel real good about yourself when you're around him. And Tom had that real quality about him. But Ray was just, you know, he was that way. I mean, he's a guy that, that you would go, if you were playing with him, you were around him, and just see how hard he work to to completely dominate his position uh you would go you know what i bet you one day there's going to be some college award or some award that's that's going to be in his name i mean you just would think that and then sure enough there you go right and he's the only punter in the hall of fame to this day right yeah. i mean that that's this day yeah that tells you all you need <laughs> yeah. to know and he's in six different hall of fames as well i mean that's just how incredible of a player he was at all levels in every kind of region it doesn't matter if it's georgia mississippi the bay area high school college pro football hall of fame he's in all of those i mean he's absolutely in all of those that's incredible and final question for you van how about the raiders they they always seem to have a really good punter even right now with aj cole they always always seem to find a great punter they do and uh you know i think there's been some sort of uh belief you know and probably again here's where ray guy comes into it but it, they probably realize that if you have that guy that that guy can actually make a difference it's just not a matter of okay we're gonna you know punt it four or five yards and you know, bump it down there, and then the, the offense come on, and you just kind of play the game. You know, you have a punter because you need one. Uh, there's a real sense that, that this one position can really make a difference, and the reason they think that is 100% Ray Guy. I mean, they just saw it, and they lived it, and they, they you know, realized, and that organization realized how incredibly big and important that position can be if you have a guy that can really change the game at different times of the game. Because you may, you know, things may not be going just right. Things are a little, you know, things just start happening to you. And what you don't even know why they're happening, but it's like going. And then things are starting to go a little quick. And and you're trying to catch up a little bit, you know. And you're going, man, goodness, you know, i got to get myself right. But all of a sudden, the punter comes in and just blasts one 80 yards. <laughs> You know, and you're like, and, and it just changes. It like changes the game. It's just weird to kind of uh, try to explain that, but it does. And, and Ray did that. And you know, there's a big reason. He certainly is in the Hall of Fame, but there's a big reason. Uh, you know, that the Raiders won uh, like they won during those times uh, is they had every position was pretty darn good, and that punter <laughs> was real good. And just and it, like I said before, man. If anybody asks, he's just a good man, too, man. Just a good man. All right, before you came on, we were talking, and you mentioned how you were helping your son coach the – was it the flag football team? It is, man. We got the eight, seven, eight, nine-year-old flag football team, man. And nice. <laughs> nice. How how hard is it to wrangle them all together? <laughs> oh, bro, man, it's so funny, man. It's so cool. It's my grandson, and – and, you know, I mean, it's, you know, you wake you, you have a grandkid, you just, mm-hmm. you know, you want that? Sure. Yeah, you're good. 
Forget that. that too? Good. Yeah, you're good, man. Got that too. <laughs> it's, it's totally ridiculous. But uh, but he, he's got some talent, man. He's like he can run a little bit, and so it's kind of fun, dude. I can be honest with you. And uh, and so, but yeah, I was helping him help my son out. He he and this other guy, and the other guy's gone, so they had some coming. I always come anyway and kind of just watch and stuff. It's kind of fun. But yeah, flag football, and they're they've got the championship game, which they're in uh, this weekend. So they have a championship game in a seven, eight, nine year old flag football team, buddy. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, well, Van, you know what to tell them. You know what the only words you got to tell them before the game to get them fired up and get them where they need to be. Just win, baby. <laughs> Just win, baby. And you don't know. Guess what their name is? The Raiders. The Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Nice. Every time, I'm, I'm always, what's, your, what's the password? Raiders. Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> it's constant, man. It is constant, you know. So it's good stuff. And just they're, they're having a blast with it, so it's all good. But that's what I'm doing, man. Nice. Hey, well, you know what? Enjoy it. Uh, you've earned it. You know, it's always great to catch up with you, my man. We definitely appreciate you this afternoon. But like I said, enjoy everything you're doing and, and get back to it, and we'll talk soon. Look forward to talking to you again, and you picked a good man to talk about, Ray Guy. What a stud. Thank you for doing that. Absolutely. Thank you. There he goes, Van McElroy. Fantastic stuff right there. A little round of applause for Van McElroy. Made our day. Made our day uh, fantastic right there, uh, talking to Van and talking to him about Ray Guy and talking to him about some flag football, coaching him up. And, of course, he's coaching up uh, the Raiders. And, hey, just win, baby. That's all you got to do. 448 the time. Take a quick break. Come back. Close out the show. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's YQ. Of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work. And the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Just got a couple minutes left in today's show. It's been action-packed. Had a lot to get to from Paul Gutierrez to Mike DiRocco. Heard from Josh Jacobs in the Raiders locker room. Vinny Bonsignor, Ted Wynn, Lincoln Kennedy. Haven't heard from Hunter Renfro. For sure we haven't heard from Hunter Renfro, right? <laughs> we heard from Van McElroy just a little while ago. That was fantastic stuff with Van. Haven't got to Hunter Renfro, so let's go ahead and do that. Vinny caught up to Hunter Renfro in the Raiders locker room earlier today there in Sarasota, Florida, and we heard from Vinny talking about Hunter may get back to being kind of the guy he was a season ago. I'm interested to see what that looks like, but here's that conversation with Hunter Renfro. I think when, uh, when a Devontae Adams gets added to you and Darren Wall, everything that you guys got on this offense, it's probably an assumption that, oh, it's just going to be a seamless transition to, you know, scoring yes. 34. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, how unrealistic is that really, like, especially at this level and a new offense, and to kind of get it together just immediately like that? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good defenses out there too, right? I mean, um, just because on paper something looks good, you know, doesn't always add up. You know, hopefully it is. You right. Know, we, we're still early in our careers and early in the season, and, we all like each other, and, you know, it's more than just us three, though. You know, right. there's tons of people on the team. It's, you know, if we don't do our job, the whole line can't do theirs, and if they don't do their job, we can't do ours. So, you know, it's just building that cohesion week by week, and I think, you know, being here in Florida has helped that. Um, are you guys seeing different coverages than maybe you guys were expecting or accustomed to? Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like 
feel like Devontae got doubled a lot in Green Bay, you know, uh, and Darren as well. So not necessarily. I think uh, I think we just go, got to go out next year, and um, hopefully, you know, we'll do that this week. Are you seeing anything differently this year, or has your role? Yeah, I mean, it's a different. Sure, it's, it's a different offense, right? Yeah. Um, so obviously, that that changes things, and um, you know, figuring out what they want me to do and that sort of deal. And, you know, I think it's hopefully coming together. Yeah. You guys didn't get off to a slow start on Sunday. You have been getting up to pretty good starts offensively. How does that change the rhythm of the offense when you guys fall behind that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we any team that ever played the game wants to play from the head, right? Um, you never want to start off slow and bad. But, you know, for us, we got to do a better job of when we don't start off fast to not let it compile. There is Hunter Renfro in the Raiders locker room with Vinny Bonsignor, and I'm not too sure who else that was. That was there with them, but uh, the majority of that conversation was uh, with Vinny, and you hear from Hunter right there, and it's unfortunate that's the end of the show. We should have probably played that a while back, but, you know, he kind of said it would need it to be said. Right, exactly. I mean, Devontae was doubled in Green Bay. Darren's been doubled. They just need to execute. You know, that's bas- that's what that's what the player said, the guy who's in the locker room. Interesting, interesting stuff. We'll we'll definitely have plenty to talk about uh, the rest the rest of the week, which is tomorrow, and then of course uh, what we'll see on Sunday against the Jaguars, seeing if the Raiders can get back uh, get back into the winning side of things. But uh, we'll have plenty to talk about tomorrow. It'll be at Buffalo Wild Wings. We'll let you know where. Uh, but Chickies and Pete's is the spot tonight. Clay Baker from the Morning Tailgate is there. Thursday night football week nine is officially here. Go hang out with Clay. You'll hear from him in a few minutes. Spanish Radio nine twenty. Good night. Football Central at the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino is the 